Jesus said, But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And he said, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for the measure that you give will be the measure that you get in return. The gospel of the Lord. So, I don't know about you, but all of that, love your enemies, do unto others as you'd have them do to you, turn the other cheek, all of that seems to have become almost cliche in Christian circles. We read it, we hear all of that. We turn it all into bumper stickers and slogans so that, to me at least, seems to have lost its punch, those hard, holy sayings of Jesus. Maybe, though, it's just that they set such a high standard, they go over our heads and in one ear and out the other, the more and more we hear them. Does anyone, I mean, actually love their enemies? I'm not even sure who my enemies are at the moment. Maybe I'm lucky that my enemies seem far away, hypothetical, existential kinds of foes. I don't contend with them daily. I don't bump up against them face-to-face, man-to-man, person-to-person, if you will, in ways that I'd actually have to love them or even fight them as Jesus commands us. Those times that I have come up against or met enemies face-to-face, though, haven't been pretty or easy or loving by any stretch, for sure. And what does it mean to bless those who curse you? I'm terrible at that, too. Can any of us say we blessed the last person who really ticked us off, and did we mean it? Ignored them, maybe. Walked away from them, perhaps. 
cursed them in return or muttered something under our breath, more likely, but blessed them? Please. As for the rest of Jesus' words this morning, I've driven past the beggar and pretended not to see them. I've asked for or expected my stuff back when I loan it to someone else. I've withheld my coat and my shirt and much more if you have to know. My closets are packed. I could use some more hangers, to be honest. And what about praying for those who abuse you? Really? I've never been abused in the ways that come to mind when I hear that word. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, domestic kinds of abuse, I mean. Did you hear about the kidnapped six-year-old they just found? After two years under some stairs somewhere in New York. The sorts of prayers I would pray this morning if I were the family who loved that little girl would not be kind or loving or full of mercy and forgiveness. I can guarantee you that. And honestly, I believe this is okay to some extent. And I believe that God understands because I believe that God knows these things about me already. And maybe God knows this about some of you too. How broken and stiff-necked, how selfish and sinful we can be a lot of the time. What I'm saying is I take these extreme statements from Jesus, this very high bar that he sets for his followers, I take them about as literally as I take some of the other things Jesus says about plucking out our eyes if they cause us to sin or chopping off our limbs if they make us stumble. And maybe that's an easy excuse. But that kind of stuff is holiness to the extreme. It seems like crazy talk to me. It's virtually impossible for most of us. It's really hard work when the rubber meets the road. Love your enemy. Do unto others. Bless those who curse you. Turn the other cheek. I still kind of hold a grudge against the terrible referee at the Mount Vernon New Pal game from Friday night. <laughs> he was bad. Love your enemy. Turn the other cheek. Do unto others. But seriously, we need work at this, don't we? Did you know that in Florida right now, there's a 79-year-old man on trial for shooting and killing a 43-year-old man? In a movie theater? Because he wouldn't put his phone away during the previews? Love your enemy. Turn the other cheek. Do unto others. Bless those who curse you. But it's not always so cut and dried or easy to judge, is it? I watched coverage of the Kim Potter sentencing on Friday. She's the officer who shot and killed 20-year-old Dante Wright, but during a traffic stop in Minneapolis a year ago, April. She was sentenced to two years, but will only serve 16 of those behind bars. And I think God understands that Dante Wright's family doesn't have that in them to forgive Kim Potter for killing their son, their friend, their father just yet. 
And God understands, I think, that they wanted to do more time for that crime. I think God understands that they can't love their enemy or turn the other cheek or do unto Kim Potter at the moment. And I'm not sure I could either. But that doesn't mean we ignore Jesus' words altogether, this invitation to forgiveness, to love, to turning, to blessing. It doesn't mean we don't strive to achieve these things somehow, in some way, in some measure of time. I think what Jesus does today is call us toward a better way, as hard as that might be for us. I think Jesus is always inviting us to love, even when it seems impossible. Always inviting us to bless others, even when it's really hard to do. I think Jesus is always calling us to mercy and to forgiveness, even when it goes against our first instinct or our natural, sinful, selfish, stiff-necked inclinations, or even when it goes against what the world would have us do under the same circumstances, and even if we never seem to get all the way there. I stumbled across something called the Forgiveness Project this week. Google it. Spend some time there if you have it this week. It's a movement that provides resources and experiences for people who are trying to overcome or dealing with some kind of unresolved grief or grievance in their life. The website shares story after story of forgiveness and reconciliation by survivors of all kinds of unimaginable trauma. From childhood abuse to school shootings, from parents of murdered children to victims of terrorist attacks, from war crimes and war criminals to victims of really bad car accidents. They talk about forgiveness as a whole other kind of F-word. Because as someone there said, it can be the hardest word to say sometimes. And these astonishing feats of faithfulness, of forgiveness, parents who can forgive their child's murderer, children who can forgive their abusive parents, women who can forgive their abusers, that kind of supernatural grace, that kind of sacred selflessness, that kind of holy humility, that kind of heaven on earth, All of it makes me wonder if Jesus' words about loving your enemies, if his command to bless those who curse you, if his invitation to turn the other cheek or to pray for those who abuse you are more possible than I pretend. Makes me wonder if that high bar of impossible mercy really is possible that it really might be worthwhile, that it really could be rewarding even if we take it seriously and try. I think that's what life in the kingdom is supposed to look like. And I don't think we need to have suffered a major life-altering, newsworthy trauma to give it a go either. We can pray for bullies on the playground and in the classroom and in the cafeteria We can forgive that jerk at the office. We can work at loving those people in our lives who make it really hard to love them sometimes. We can be slower to condemn those with whom we disagree. 
We can be generous even if we don't think somebody deserves it. We can practice humility when we want so badly to prove that we're right. We can offer a blessing and we can mean it. We can show and we can receive mercy. We can forgive and we can receive forgiveness. We can love and we can be loved in spite of ourselves. And Jesus models all of this for us. And Jesus invites us to it because he knows we will be blessed and the world will be better and changed when we live this way. Because in the end, the truth is, and the good news promises, that God is merciful even when we can't be. That God is loving even when we are not. That God's grace is more than we can give and always more than we deserve. It's a good measure, for sure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over for you, for me, and for the world. Until we figure it out and get it right. Amen.